Welcome to our Sunday Sermon Podcast with City Harvest AG Church. Wherever you are in life, we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Here at City Harvest, we believe in the undiluted Word of God and the teachings here will enhance your understanding of the Scripture and will help you grow and mature as a Christian. So we hope and pray that you will be blessed by this sermon. Today's sermon is brought to us by Pastor Shine Thomas. Sudden loss and grief, sudden death of a loved one can bring in darkness and a lot of pain into us. And we are living in days where we are hearing rumors of death, death all around us. And there are so many people going through grief and pain and the loss of a loved one. How do we find comfort at such times? Well, I want to bring to you a message entitled Comfort in Grief from Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 17. In this passage, we are going to see how Jesus comforts a grieving woman who has lost her only son. We're also going to see the power of Jesus over life and death. And uh, I'm sure this message is going to encourage us. Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 17. Jesus raises a widow's son. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bear they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Well, let's look at the narrative. In Luke chapter 7 verse 11, Luke says, soon afterward, that means there is something that has happened just before this incident that connects very well to the story. And when we see the beginning verses of Luke chapter 7, we can find that Jesus is in a town called Capernaum and there a Jewish delegation, a leaders of the Jews come and meet Jesus with a special request. They are requesting that Jesus go to the house of a centurion because the centurion has a servant whom he loves very much and he is sick and about to die. What a multi-ethnic approach of Jesus right in his ministry. When many Jews were pressing for Jews alone in the kingdom, here we can find Jews and the Gentiles, in this case Romans, were working together when Jesus came. That itself shows that Jesus' approach to human beings is multi-ethnic and there is no differences between race when we serve this great God. And Jesus takes their request and he walks towards the centurion's house. As Jesus was going towards the centurion's house, the centurion sends his friends to Jesus again and he says something amazing. The friends of the centurion said to Jesus, Jesus, centurion is a man of authority and if he says somebody to go and they go and somebody to come and they come. So he understands that you 
are person of authority. Jesus, you have authority and you don't have to come to the house to save the servant. You just tell a word. We are not worthy for you to come to our house, but you can speak a word and that servant will be well. What an amazing faith. What an amazing understanding of the ministry of Jesus, not by the Jews, but here by the Gentile centurion. And in Luke chapter 7 and this verse 9 onwards, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. There are only two places in the scripture we can find that Jesus was amazed. Over here, we can find Jesus was amazed at the faith of the centurion. What a great faith. And in Mark chapter 6, we can find Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. His own people uh, not having faith when Jesus was in his own hometown. And Jesus said, a prophet is without honor in his own hometown. Here, Jesus is amazed at the centurion's faith. And what did the centurion understand about Jesus? He understood that Jesus has authority over place, distance, and disease. Today, you may be praying for your loved one who is in the hospital bed. You are not able to meet that person. You are not able to talk to your loved one. You may be praying for somebody who is across the shore in some other country, some other state, and you are helpless. You cannot go and help people in the time of need. But I want to tell you, the God that we serve, he is not limited by place. He is not limited by distance. He is not limited by the coronavirus. Amen. You can call out to Jesus and his miracle working powers can be experienced by anyone around the globe. Can I hear an amen, church? Amen. Secondly, the centurion understands that race makes no difference to God. Jesus is willing to come to a Gentile centurion and Jesus is willing to heal a servant of the centurion who is willing to die. My dear brothers and sisters, when we come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, race has no barriers. There are no ethnic barriers. You know, Jesus brought Jews and Gentiles together into the community of God. And what beautifully Luke brings this aspect in his writings. And later in his second volume in Acts, we can find this being really fulfilled right from the Jerusalem council where they said that the Gentiles don't have to go through the Mosaic laws and then the church just starts growing where Jews and Gentiles come together and worship the Almighty God. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a great context to the healing of the widow's son at Nain where the people around Jesus could understand that his love can go beyond barriers. There is no racial, there is no country barriers, there is no ethnic barriers for the love of Jesus Christ. And his power transfers across distance and he can heal and he's powerful to heal us. In the name of Jesus, there is healing and victory. Let's come to the context for today. In the text, in Luke chapter 7 verse 11, we can find that Jesus is left Capernaum and he's heading for a one-day travel all the way to a small village called Nain because Jesus sensed that there was somebody who was in need for him. 
in Luke chapter 7 and is verse 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. It's almost a day's journey and uh, it's a small town and Jesus is traveling. Probably he's going fast because he knows that somebody has going to die and he needs to reach there uh, before the burial because he's about to do something. And Jesus has a huge crowd that is traveling with him. Can you imagine the joy around the crowd of Jesus? His disciples are there and there is a huge crowd and they are excited and they are expectant of a miracle. They are joyfully praising God for the son of man is walking among them. He's a miracle worker. He's turning out to be a great hero. And there is so much of celebration and excitement that is happening around the crowd of Jesus. But as Jesus enters the city or town of Nain and he approaches the gate, something else is coming out of the city. It says in Luke chapter 7 and it's verse 12, as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother and she was a widow and a large crowd from the town was with her. The other crowd that was coming out of the village was somber. There was grief, there was sorrow, pain and tears in that crowd. And here is a widow who has already lost her husband. And now the only son, the Bible goes on to say very clearly, Luke says, this was her only son. The stress is that now she has nobody to care for her. And in the ancient times, especially in Jesus' times, widows were vulnerable. If her husband or the only son who was a breadwinner had died, she is at the mercy of other people. So on one side, she knows that there is nobody for her and her future is uncertain. On the other side, she is overwhelmed with grief because her only son has died. And she is surrounded by a group of mourners in the ancient days. The burial party was led by women mourners and other professional mourners. And the greater love you had for somebody, the greater the mourning party will be. And in this case, probably the whole town or the whole village of Nain had come around her to show their love and solidarity to this suffering woman who is suffering the pain, the loss, the separation from her son who has died. That crowd is very somber, suffering, wailing, tears are coming out of that crowd. Can you imagine the scene of these two crowds coming and meeting together at the city gate? One crowd is jubilant with life and light of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is so much of expectation and celebration. The other crowd is fully somber and wailing and weeping and mourning for the loss of a life. A widow had lost her only son and now he's carried upon a bear, an open plank of wood probably, body covered with burial clothes, face probably exposed outside for people to see and they're carrying him to the cemetery. What does that tell us? Life sometimes gives us bitter pills to swallow. This young man was already dead. We are not told how this young man died, probably because of a sickness or some accident would have happened. We are not told the context, but the sad reality 
is that people of all ages die and that's a sad reality of our world today with the covid-19 pandemic we see death all around us many people are suffering the horrors of death these days there is grief all over in our country and when our loved one stops breathing and that phone call comes and we get to know that bad news that we never wanted to hear and our loved one stops breathing and their heart stops pumping we say it is finished it's all over my loved one is gone i have lost him i've lost her what terrible blow is death to human beings husbands and wives separated children separated from the parents and we hear such tragic stories all around because of the second wave of the covid-19 pandemic what sorrow is brought by death david the psalmist was so true when he said that god has formed us and god has numbered our days on earth come with me to psalm 139 and verse 13 to 16 for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i know that full well my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in the secret place when i was woven together in the depth of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be how true is david even before we were born in our mother's womb my god knew each and every one of us he knows our frame our days are numbered and when our time is over we will all have to say goodbye to our loved ones and the earth that we are living in what sorrow it brings to the near and loved ones death is the greatest enemy who is responsible for man's death god is not responsible the reason we die is because of the sin that was committed against god in the garden of eden paul says very clearly in romans chapter 5 verse 12 therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin and in this way death came to all people because all sinned this is the reality of all people death has come to all people because of sin now coming back to the two crowds that were meeting at the city gate one crowd was weeping the other crowd is rejoicing and the crowd around jesus was expecting something to happen something spectacular to happen and the gospel writer so beautifully told about jesus as the light and the life in john chapter 14 verse 6 jesus answered i am the way the truth and the life first john chapter 5 verse 12 john said whoever has the son has life john chapter 10 verse 10 jesus said i have come that they may have life and have it to the full john chapter 1 verse 4 in him was life and the life was the light for all mankind so the crowd around jesus was in expectation of something spectacular now and you know what jesus did in luke chapter 7 verse 13 when the lord saw her he went to her and said 
don't cry this is countercultural people say that to a grieving person nobody goes and says do not cry let them cry and overcome that grief that's a natural process of grieving and jesus did something which usually nobody does he could go to a crying woman and he could identify with her suffering he could have compassion on this woman and he could say don't cry why because he was about to do something that will take away the tears of this woman who was suffering the separation of death from her son jesus is moved by human suffering today if you are going through suffering and pain my god is compassionate over your situation he is moved looking at your grief your loneliness look at that somber crowd there were so many people in that crowd but jesus eyes went to that woman who was grieving and suffering and in tears because of her son's death when jesus came to the crowds he was always singling out the people who were in the greatest need and many people think that lord what is it that you find in me because i do not have the faith i do not have recommendation and i think that god doesn't care about me no my god is not like that if you are the person of the greatest need today my god understands you and is near the broken hearted he is willing to help us help people with the greatest needs in the life are you sitting here with a broken heart are you sitting here with a lot of questions not knowing what is going to happen for your tomorrow my god is moved and he wants to help the people with the greatest needs in their lives in hebrews chapter 4 says for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness jesus sympathizes with your situation today my dear child of god we serve a living god who cares for us and who sympathizes for the pain and the situation that we are going through see what jesus did in luke chapter 7 verse 14 then he went up and touched the bear they were carrying him on and the bearer stood still again jesus did something countercultural it was prohibited by the law to touch the dead or something that belongs to the dead according to numbers chapter 19 and this verse 13 anybody who comes in contact with a dead body or anything that the dead person has touched will become unclean ceremonially unclean now If somebody dies in a house definitely the family members are involved in that process of grieving and touching and preparing the body for burial and also there are the group of mourners and people who come and because the body has to be buried and they all get defiled and there is a way they can be ceremonially clean before they enter the temple worship or the synagogue worship but it is not usual for people who are not related to the family and people who are far off to see a dead person passing by and go and touch that dead body to be defiled but jesus went to this dead person's bear and he touched he being a holy god 100% god and 100% human being he could go and touch any unclean thing and still be holy he will never become unholy and that's the greatness of our god do you remember in matthew chapter 8 uh, jesus went and touched a leper nobody would touch a leper lepers would stay outside the city so that anybody who comes in contact with a leper will become unclean but not jesus 
He could touch a dead body and not be unclean because he's a holy God and he could touch a leper and not be unclean. Something countercultural, but only God can do that. And that was displayed in the acts and the work of Jesus Christ. So what happened? He touched the bear in Luke chapter 7 verse 14. He went up and touched the bear they were carrying him on. And the bearers stood still. They did not know what was happening. Somebody is coming from a different crowd and touching this body. But Jesus started speaking. Young man, I say to you, get up. This is again countercultural. Nobody goes to a dead and starts talking. Once a person stops breathing, his body is dead and he cannot talk anymore. But in this passage, Jesus spoke to the dead and it tells us something about Jesus Christ who is God. He can talk even to the dead. And look at the other passages where Jesus was dealing with resurrection or the resuscitation of the dead. In the very next chapter, we can find that Jairus' young daughter had died. And Jesus goes to Jairus' house. And this is a dead girl in the house. And there are mourners all outside. And look at the uh, vocabulary of Jesus towards this dead girl. In Luke chapter 8 verse 54, But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. What a tender tone with which he spoke to a dead woman. And she got up. Jesus could speak to the dead. And when you come to John's gospel in John chapter 11, Jesus is coming to the tomb of Lazarus. And Lazarus has been lying in the tomb for four long days. His body is decomposed and almost there is a order that is coming out. And Jesus asked them to roll away the stone. And again, Jesus speaks to Lazarus who is dead. In John chapter 11 verse 44, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with the strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let them go. Jesus spoke to Lazarus who was dead as though he was alive. In all these three passages, we can find Jesus being God could speak to man even after death. You see, the spirit of the man is alive after the physical death. There has only been a mysterious separation from their body in death. The spirit does not die. The real me, the real you is body and spirit. Spirit and soul also. The body is the instrument in which the spirit expresses itself, in which the soul expresses itself. So God has given to me the body marvelously and wonderfully made. That's what David said. And it is the medium by which the spirit can express itself. Our body is a medium by which the spirit can express itself. And Paul says the body is a tent in which I live, the medium with which I can express myself. But one day, through the mystery of death, my spirit will be released from this earthly body. The moment the spirit is released from this body, the body functions will cease. There will not be any more functions in this body. The body will grow cold and stiff, but my spirit will be alive. Jesus being God 
can communicate to that spirit beyond the grave and that's why jesus could speak to the dead as though they were alive amen my dear child of god jesus can take us even beyond man's death the medical sciences the doctors will say oh it is over the person has passed away and they lift their hands but we serve a god who can communicate to us even after our death and that's why jesus is a living god can i hear an amen church amen the spirit which are subject to jesus can obey jesus and in this all these three cases of resurrection or resuscitation from the dead the spirit returned into the body and the body came back to life jesus has command over the dead if lot of people have died because of the covid-19 pandemic i want to tell you that they are not in a realm where god is not in control over their lives god knows where they are and we serve a god who is powerful to lead us even beyond the grave of this world amen there is only one person that can lead someone beyond the grave and that is the lord jesus christ verse 14 young man i say to you get up speaking to the dead as though they were still alive he got up and jesus presented him to his mother the scripture says verse 15 the man sat up and began to talk can you imagine somebody who is dead just getting up sitting on the bear on that plank which people are carrying them and immediately beginning to talk jesus can do that amen the dead man sat up and began to talk that means it is showing the signs of life he just did not get up but his body functions have returned to normal and jesus gave him back to his mother the relationship between a mother and son that was separated by death was restored by jesus christ and what a great miracle is this Jesus bringing back to life three people in his earthly ministry that are recorded for us who had died and commanding them to come back to life and they come back to life what a great miracle and what a great illustration of the work of Jesus Christ what is the result of this miracle the response of the crowd to this miracle is amazing the first response is that the crowd both the crowds that were around jesus the morning crowd and the jubilant crowd they were all filled with awe a reverential awe verse 16 they were all filled with awe and praise god they were all filled with reverential awe i can imagine what has happened everybody is looking around and telling what's happening who is this man the dead man has risen up by the words of jesus and they were all filled with awe at the work of jesus christ secondly they praise god luke chapter 7 and it was 16 they were filled with awe and praised god you see what happens when jesus does a miracle all the glory goes to god do you know what jesus preached in the sermon of the mount probably his first recorded message in the bible 
In Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, Jesus said, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now the people have seen the good deeds of Jesus. And instead of lifting up Jesus over there, they are glorifying God the Father in heaven. Jesus practiced what he preached. My dear brothers and sisters, my dear fellow ministers of God, when God uses us, the gifts and the talents that God has given to us, and when God's name is glorified through a miracle or good deeds that we do, let us be very careful that they don't praise us who are the instruments that God use, but let all the glory, all the honor, all the praise of our good deeds and ministry go to God alone. When God uses me and I use those good deeds to gain praise for myself, that is not the right way to use the gifts that God has given to us. We should be using all that God has given to us and understand that we are just instruments and let people see the glory of God and give praises to God by our good deeds and the work that we do for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God has intended that he should receive the glory through all of his work, not the instruments. And that's what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So Jesus is warning us on how we let our light shine. When they saw the miracle of this boy being raised, they praised God and gave glory to God. So what was the response? The first response, they were filled with fear and awe. Secondly, they praised God. And the third response, they said, a great prophet has appeared among us. Luke chapter 7 and his verse 16. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us they immediately realized this is extraordinary. This is spectacular. This is more than what they saw in raising up the sixth servant of the centurion. This is more than that. Here is a dead man and he has come back to life and he started talking and this is spectacular which we have never seen in our entire life. And they told Jesus as a great prophet that has risen among them. You know, this has close parallels to the ministry of Elijah and Elisha. In the book of Second uh, Kings chapter 4 verse 18, we can find Elisha rising up the Shunammite's son. And in the book of First Kings chapter 17 verse 17 to 24, we have the story of Elijah rising up the son of the widow, both similar cases. And Elijah and Elisha could do this work. And these people, when they saw that Jesus has resurrected a widow's son, they could find similar parallels between the great prophets of the Old Testament. And they said, a great prophet has risen among us. And remember, Luke had already stated in chapter 4, verse 25 and 26, about the great work of Elijah and Elisha. You go back and read that. And Jesus makes a passing mention of the work of Elijah and Elisha. So the crowd can make parallels with what the great prophets of the Old Testament has done. And they are giving praise to God and they're saying, Lord, a great prophet has risen among us. Why were they so excited? 
Why? Because they are just coming out of the dark age of 400 years where God had not spoken to them. In the book of Malachi, we can find that God speaking to the children of Israel. And after Malachi for 400 years, there is no voice from heaven. There is no prophet come from God. And people are waiting to hear the voice of God through a prophet. And John the Baptist comes in the wilderness. And they are surprised that is it the voice of God? Is he the one who Moses said that somebody greater than me is coming? And they go to John the Baptist and ask him, are you the prophet? John chapter 1 verse 21. Are you the prophet? And John the Baptist said, no. He said that I am not the prophet. So here they were expecting a voice from heaven. They were expecting a prophet from heaven. And when they saw the work of Jesus, they cried out, a great prophet has appeared among us. The third response. And the fourth response of the crowd, they said, God has visited his people. Luke chapter 7 and his verse 16. They were all filled with awe and praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us. They said, God has come to help his people. What an interesting phrase that is. God has come and visited his people. Do you recognize the importance of what they said? That God has visited his people through Jesus. A great prophet has come. That means we are hearing the voice of God through Jesus. But they never understood the significance of Jesus coming. They never knew that he's the Messiah that they were waiting for. They never knew that he's the prophet that Moses was speaking about in the same likeness will come and deliver his people. And even though they said that he's a prophet and God has visited his people, they never recognized that Jesus is the Messiah. But when you see the ministry of Jesus, we can find that God has visited his people. God has visited the people of this earth to redeem us out of the wickedness, to redeem us out of the slavery of sin, to give us victory over death, which is our greatest enemy. God has visited us through the work and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what the gospels cry out, isn't it? In John chapter 1 and it's verse 1 and 2, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And come down to verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, this word which is God and who was with God in the beginning came down as a humble baby when he became a flesh and dwelt among us. And John says, we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. As they made this declaration that God has visited us, I don't think those people that day remembered that Jesus is the son of God and he is the Messiah. But they were just telling that God has visited us. And do you remember in the birth narratives of Jesus when John the Baptist was born and his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit, he prophesied in Luke chapter 1 verse 68, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Zechariah said that when Jesus came, 
God has come to his people. Same Zechariah in later in Luke chapter 1 verse 78 and 79. Because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. He knew the ministry of Jesus Christ. Zechariah said that Jesus is the rising sun come to man from heaven. The world is in darkness and here is the son of God come to dispel the darkness of this world through Jesus Christ. And Zechariah said he will shine on those living in darkness, darkness of death. darkness of sin and he said in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace today jesus is the only answer for our needs in this world if you are going through death i want to tell you that jesus can take us beyond our death if you are engulfed in sin jesus can remove the misery of sin from us and give us the light of god amen What a great God we serve in Jesus Christ. God has visited his people. They never understood that. But today those who are listening to me my brothers and sisters, we must understand that God has visited us through Jesus Christ. Do you believe in Jesus? Have you given over your life to Jesus to have him as the Lord of your life? There is only one God. and he has come through jesus and when you call upon his name you will receive salvation and eternal life what is god that he's so mindful of us he has come into this wicked world because you are valuable to him and that's what david said in psalm 8 what is mankind that you are mindful of them human beings that you care for them look at the universe 10 billion light years and the billions of galaxies around look at the seas and the mountains and the forests and the land but he came into this world just to redeem mankind because he was mindful of mankind and when he redeems man out of this sin and the slavery of sin he is redeeming the entire universe in his original creative form for the dwelling of man with god in peace amen what a work accomplished by jesus christ on the cross of calvary god has come to visit his people because god has been mindful of us the rising sun has come to us from heaven to dispel the darkness of this world and the people said surely a great prophet has risen among us and god has visited his people luke chapter 7 verse 17 this news about jesus spread throughout judea and the surrounding country what a spectacular story and spectacular event of jesus christ jesus raising up the widow's son and the news quickly spread to the surrounding regions and it went down to judea and jerusalem the capital of judea amen what a amazing work of christ and the ministry of christ we saw today morning we saw how jesus works beyond barriers in the life of the centurion servant 
and beyond racial barriers, geographical barriers. And we also could see the power of Jesus over death. And he could speak to a dead man as though he was alive. And people praise God. Let me ask you in the conclusion of this message. Have you ever thought about what happens to the ones who die? We have seen the message and the rumors of a lot of death happening around us. What happens to the ones who die? Isaiah chapter 57 verse 1 to 2. Isaiah says, The righteous perish and no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. Verse 2 says, Those who walk uprightly enter into peace. They find rest as they lie in death. When man dies, man enters rest. There is a long labor that man does in this world of 70, 80 years. And living in this world is not easy. Overcoming the temptations of this world, the wickedness of this world, receiving Christ and living a holy life. But when a man of God dies, a child of God enters peace and enters rest for the labor in this world. All our loved ones who have died in the Lord is at peace. They are at rest in the presence of God. Do you remember Jesus' words to the thief dying on the cross? One thief received Jesus and Luke chapter 23 was 42 and 43. The thief said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Bible portrays that paradise is the resting place of the dead and that is in the presence of God. So every soul, every spirit after they die, it does not hover around in this earth waiting for a body to be reunited. It goes to the place designated by God, a place called paradise. And remember Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus died and he also went to that resting place called paradise. Today, where are our loved ones who died? They are resting in peace, resting with God in paradise. He or she goes to the paradise, which is the temporary holding place of the dead, where God is there, waiting for the trumpet call of God, waiting for the return of Christ, where the spirit will be reunited to the body to express itself. Spirit will be reunited to the body that is a glorified body. And what kind of body is that? Have a look at the body of Jesus after his resurrection. It was a body that could eat. It was a body that could feel the scar of his crucifixion. They could recognize Jesus when he was resurrected. And that is the kind of hope that Christians have. That at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, death will be defeated forever and we have a dwelling with our God in a glorified body forever and ever. And Jesus has overcome death. And that's what the passages of the Bible remind us about. Romans chapter 8 verse 23. 
not only so but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait for our adoption to sonship the redemption of our bodies my dear child of god those who are grieving the death of a loved one there is a time coming where our bodies will be redeemed the dead will rise from the grave and that's the hope and the promise of the bible and that was possible because of the resurrection of jesus from the dead all the three cases of jesus rising up jairus daughter and this widow's son and lazarus from the grave this is all resuscitation where they got the same earthly body and they went back to the grave but look at the resurrected body of the lord jesus christ that is the true resurrected body that body is a glorified body never to die again amen and that body can understand and speak and relate to people like jesus spoke in his glorified body and the bible talks about it in john chapter 5 verse 25 very truly i tell you a time is coming and has come now when the dead will hear the voice of the son of god and those who hear will live jesus is coming back again and when the dead in christ shall hear the voice of god there is going to be a resurrection from the grave Second Corinthians chapter five was one. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building, we have a tent, a body from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. This is not talking about a mansion or a house. It is talking about a body that God is going to gift us because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what happens when Jesus returns? Isaiah brings it out so beautifully in Isaiah chapter 25 verse 7 to 8. On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all the people. The people of this world will recognize that Jesus is the king of kings and the lord of lords. Now the peoples of this world are shrouded. They don't understand who is the true God. but when jesus returns he will destroy that veil that enfolds all peoples the sheet that covers all nations was eight he will swallow up death forever what a promise when jesus comes back again the greatest enemy of man death is swallowed up forever amen the sovereign lord will wipe away the tears from all faces He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. The Lord will swallow death forever, which is our greatest enemy. And that's why Paul could rejoice in the Lord in and Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 54 to 57, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable. What is that? The glorified body and the mortal with immortality. immortality is the glorified body at the coming of jesus christ then the saying that is written will come true death has been swallowed up in victory where or death is your victory where or death is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to god he gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ amen Paul rejoices that even though death exists God has a plan to overturn it because he overturned death on the cross of 
Calvary. So he rejoices over it. My dear child of God, Jesus in his earthly ministry performed many miracles. And many of his miracles included rising up people from the dead. And it also continued in Acts of the Apostles. And I'm not denying that that cannot happen. But all those who rise up from the dead in this body, they will go back to the grave. But our greatest hope and joy is the return of Jesus Christ, where the death will be swallowed up in victory and we will have a reunion and a life with our loved ones and Jesus forever. Amen. What a wonderful passage it has been to study about death and the mortality of man. I want to bring to you some takeaway points before I close. Jesus has authority over place, distance, and disease. Life sometimes gives us bitter pills to swallow. It's the very fact that in this world we have trouble, we have pain. But Jesus has control over place, distance, and even the disease of man. And I have experienced healing in my life. And you can pray for healing. You can pray for comfort. You can pray for the deliverance of God upon your life. Jesus is moved by human suffering. We serve a God who identifies with our suffering and is moved when people suffer. And fourthly, Jesus has command over the dead. We must understand that he is with us beyond our last breath in this body because he has command over the dead. God has visited his people through Jesus. If you have never received Jesus Christ and never given your life over to him, Realize that God has come into this world through Jesus. He lived, he died, he rose again. And when you believe in this Jesus, you have the gift of eternal life and you have been given peace with God. God has intended that he should receive glory through his work. With everything that we do, let us bring glory to God. Jesus is your comfort in grief. Are you going through grief? My God understands your pain and he can comfort you. And finally, Jesus will ultimately swallow death forever at his return. Jesus is coming back again and he will ultimately give us victory over death and Hades. Amen. Amen. 